Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mideast Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. What did Russian President Vladimir Putin think when he ordered his troops into Ukraine? Ray Charles's Georgia on my mind must have been humming in his head. A slightly altered version, Palestine on my mind, was undoubtedly on Egyptian athlete Ali Farag's mind when he condemned the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Sunday as he won Britain's Optachia squash championship. We've never been allowed to speak about politics and sports, but all of a sudden it's allowed. I hope people look at oppression everywhere around the world. Palestinians have gone through that for the past 74 years, Mr. Farag, the world's number two player said in his acceptance remarks. It was Yemen that New York Times sports reporter Tariq Panja thought of when he tweeted as British Prime Minister Boris Johnson prepared to visit Saudi Arabia. Mr. Johnson hopes to persuade the kingdom to increase its oil production to compensate for a loss of access to Russian energy due to the Ukraine crisis. We are now in a situation where the British PM is heading over to Saudi to plead for oil from an autocrat that is dropping bombs on his neighbor because a different autocrat is dropping bombs on his neighbor, Mr. Panja said. Invariably, comparisons hink. To be sure, unlike Russia, Saudi Arabia was invited by the internationally recognized government of Yemen, even if that was more of a formality and changes little on the ground. While Israel's conquering of the West Bank was not like Ukraine, an unprovoked attack. Nevertheless, Messrs. Farak and Panja make a valid point. Like the 1990 Kuwaiti invasion of Iraq, Ukraine has provoked widespread international condemnation. Yet the international community's response to Saudi Arabia's seven-year-old invasion of Yemen, sparking one of the world's worst humanitarian crises, and Israel's 55-year-long occupation of the West Bank, the world's longest of neighboring lands, as well as its blockade of Gaza, has been far more muted, if not supportive. Messrs. Farag and Panja put their fingers on the fact that Mr. Putin has given a new lease on life to those that identify with the construct of the values of the West. Yet Saudi Arabia and Israel, just like Poland, Hungary, and Turkey, troubled democracies with tarnished human rights records that nonetheless support Ukraine, show that the application of those principles and values will inevitably be spotty and contradictory and involve uncomfortable and glaring compromises. None of that legitimizes the actions, actions of those who opportunistically are left off the hook. Mr. Panja correctly highlights the irony that autocratic Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman who ordered the invasion of Yemen shortly after coming to office in 2015, is being asked to help clean up a mess created by an invasion launched by another autocrat, Mr. Putin. To drive home the point of messy 
and questionable compromises, Saudi Arabia executed days before Mr. Johnson's expected arrival, 81 people convicted of a variety of crimes, including murder and membership of a militant group. Those executed also included a fair number of Shiite activists. It was the largest mass execution in the kingdom's modern history. Similarly, Mr. Farag raised a valid point, even if his statement was problematic. Rather than referring to continuous violations of international law associated with Israel's occupation and blockade of Gaza, Mr. Farak equated the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948 with the Russian invasion. In doing so, he questioned Israel's right to exist rather than its continued control of lands designated as occupied and Palestinian in the international community's mind. Mr. Farag's statement and the refusal by international sports associations, leagues, clubs, and event organizers to allow Russian and Belarus athletes and teams to compete under their national flags, laid bare hypocrisy and deliberately maintained fictions in the sports world. Few will take issue with the rejection, yet it blasts a crater into the sports world's fictional insistence that sport and politics are separate and never should the two intertwine. If anything, Ukraine put that fiction to bed. Mr. Farag noted as much when he said that this statement was possible because the ban on athletes expressing themselves politically during sporting events was effectively lifted when it comes to Ukraine. That leaves the question of why Ukraine, but not Yemen or Palestine, or for that matter, the brutal repression of Turkic Muslims in China. It comes as little surprise then that Mr. Putin may hum Georgia on my mind, while others hum Yemen and Palestine on my mind. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer at www.jamesmdorsey.net. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.